Lord. If you have your Bibles, which I hope you do, even if it's on your telephone, turn with me to Galatians chapter 6, chapter 6, and we're going to look at, start with verse 7. Galatians chapter 6, starting with verse 7. The word says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatso whatever or whatsoever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh shall from the flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit shall from the Spirit reap eternal life. How many of you see that? So this is God's word. Now, we live in a day, it's, it's an amazing day that we live in. And even though we say we're not afraid, listen to the way people talk. And, and listen to the prayers, you know, listen, just listen. Now, I got this message, I felt directly from the Holy Spirit, you judge it. But God is about to do something that's old. But it's going to be new to us. God, God's about to do something that is old. But it's going to be new to us. And I look at the deception that, that is everywhere. There, there's deception everywhere. We go to eat last night. And we go out with another couple. And the restaurant... You know, I walk in the restaurant, and, and, I, and I'm probably a party pooper. I, I, I probably am. I, I, sometimes I'm, I'm way too serious. I know that. And uh, because I'm always looking. I look at people. I watch people. I'm in a restaurant. I don't know if any of the rest of you do, but I watch people all the time. I watch you. You know, I watch all of you at the same time. I know of you who agree with me, and I know of you who don't agree with me. I know of you who said, man, I wish you'd get done so I could watch the Chiefs. I know that. And then I get on there and I say, hey, Lord, can we just hold it a little bit longer so that they don't get to see the first quarter? You know, I, I, know, <laughs> I know these things. And, and I look around and I see people. And when I see people, I see this. Jesus says, as it was in the days of Noah, it will be that way when he comes. That's what he says. And what was they doing in the day of Noah that he talked about? Because people talked about all the sin and everything that was going on. This is what he's talking about. People are just living. People are just living. But they are living without recognizing who God is. And they are living. And one of the worst evils that we can come up with is when we just eliminate God. Now listen. And we haven't realized that we have eliminated Him. Now I know that the secular world realizes that they have eliminated God and that's their purpose and that's what they want to do is eliminate God. But it's when the church becomes that way. Then you have problems. And so the church right now, is the church alert? Is the church ready? And, and I'm not even into my sermon yet. But you read of seven churches in the book of Revelation. And it starts with the church of Ephesus, which is the apostolic church. And the apostolic church is the baptism of the Holy Spirit where miracles operate and different things operate. That's the apostolic church. And then it goes down through the church of Laodicea that is a lukewarm church that is actually a type of church that would be in the day of Noah. We know that. Laodicea did not set by a river, nor did it set by the sea. It set many, many miles inland, so they made aqueducts 
to take the water, the cold water, and send it into the city. By the time that it got to the city, it was lukewarm and it wasn't good for anything. You couldn't drink it. If you did, it was more like wormwood. And that we won't get into right now. But it was more like that. And they, they didn't have to spit it out. Jesus said, that's how you are. The word has to travel so far to get to you. By the time it gets to you, you're just lukewarm. Okay? So that's what he's saying. But if you look at Ephesus all the way through to Laodicea, which the word Laodicea means people rule or democracy. But people have a rule. Not God. People have a rule. So you go from the apostolic to the lukewarm uh, Laodicean age, which we are in now. But if you'll look at every one of those churches, that if they would do what God tells them to do, what Jesus tells them to do, if they will do what Jesus tells them to do, they will have revival. And that's why he says to every one of those churches, he says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You take the church of Sardis, and in that church, God never had anything good to say about that church. But yet he said to that church, if you will repent, then I, I, will, I will bring you revival. And so it's not that God doesn't want us, it, it's not that God doesn't want us to bring us revival. It's that God wants us to be able to hear and then follow his instruction so that he can usher in an awakening in our life that will be greater than has ever been known to mankind. And I believe that's going to happen. I believe in the last day that there will be a great spiritual famine that takes place. But I also believe that there will be a great spiritual awakening that's going to take place. It's going to be orchestrated by the Holy Spirit. I believe that these people who are ready, and I hope that's who we are, who are ready, are ready to understand that there will be deception like never before. Now, Jesus says something. He says that, that he says the world will wax worse and worse. And listen to me. He doesn't say the church will wax worse and worse. He says the world will wax. And that word wax means that it will be get greater and greater and greater into sin. And so he says, the world will wax worse and worse, and the love of many shall grow cold. That's what he's saying. That's what happened during the day of Noah, that the world had waxed so evil and had just left God out of everything, that God now is ready to destroy what he has made. He has. He's ready to destroy what he's made. But something happened. And what happened was he, he knew that he had made a man, and the man that he had made, his name was Noah, and Noah was a righteous man and lived as a righteous man in his generation. Noah loved the Lord. And because Noah was a righteous man, listen to what God says, I'm going to bring revival to the earth. I'm going to bring revival to the earth. I'm going to destroy the old, and I'm going to bring in the new. I'm going to bring revival through one man. See, God is about to do something that is old, but to us it's going to be new. And what God is about to do, he is about to pour out his spirit on those who are hungry and who, those who are ready for God to pour out his spirit. God is ready to bring an awakening to us as we get closer to him and he is about to bring a baptism to us as will be compared in the book of Acts. Somebody say amen. amen. And somebody says, well, hey, we've got to go further than Acts. And I'm in agreement with that. I'm in agreement with that. But I'm telling you that baptism in the book of Acts is the same baptism that needs to be poured out today in this generation and let God be God. Because what happens in the book of Acts when he pours out his spirit upon all of those people, all they were doing was just receiving his spirit and letting him be God. And when you let God be God, there's, this gonna, there's things that's going to take place. 
And when you let God be God, then the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God will be on earth. Jesus said, pray in this manner. He said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now listen to me, people. There's great revival 24-7 in heaven. How many of you got that? He says, that can also be on earth. God is going to do something that is old, and he will make it new to us. Now, in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, do not be deceived. He said, do not be deceived. Listen, deception will cause you to lose your vision of the cross. Do not be afraid of what you hear today. Because what you hear is what you see. Did you ever say, somebody ever explained something to you and you said, I see that. You haven't seen anything. But they explained it so well, in your mind, you was able to see it. Right? Don't lose what you, don't lose your vision. And your vision is the cross. And bring that vision to such a place that people are able to see it. And the Bible teaches us, this is what it teaches us. It says that Abraham looked into what was not as though it was and brought it right into his reality. Which means that Abraham looked into the invisible, touched the invisible God, and brought God right into his physical place where he was. And that's what God wants from us. How do we reach into the invisible? We reach into the invisible, touch the invisible God through his word. Through his word. Now, when, when this thing takes place, it's going to blow all your theologies. It's even going to blow my theology. Because understand this one thing. There's nobody in here that has seen God move 100% the way he wants to. Amen. That's right. And, and if you say, I want to see that, then God's going to say, then read my word. Let my Holy Spirit explain it to you, and you will see it. How many of you got that? Let, let God make it. So he says this. He says deception is going to be everywhere. He says, do not be deceived. You see, there's three things. I want you to write this down. And we find it in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 16. Just write the, just write the verse down. Okay? And here's the deception. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So I walk into this restaurant, and there are all three of them right there. Now, I don't mean to be, you know, just to dampen your party, but I probably do. And if you want to have a really good party, don't invite me. Don't invite me. Because I, I know that Harold and Christie said, hey, you're going to come over today, and, 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 and I'm going to go over because they're having tacos. <laughs> you didn't get that, did you? I'm not a taco guy, but Nancy is. And, and if you say tacos, and I think John back there is tacos. There's people who do strange things for tacos. <laughs> They will. But we're all going to meet together, and 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 we're we're going to eat tacos. Now, now some of those guys are going to be watching the Chiefs, and and I'm going to ruin it, like I always do, because I'm going to say, hey, anybody around here want to talk about God? And for some reason, that puts a little bit of a damper on what's going on. Well, well, can I watch Mahomes first and then we talk about God? Jeff says, leave me alone. I can, look, I can, I'm reading on Jeff. Hey, hey, do something. Hey, it's okay. You're not going to hell if you do this. How many of you Chiefs fan? Okay. I'm a Browns fan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But, but I, so I go into this restaurant, 
and I watch him. And what I see are those three things. It's a whole thing. That there's no mind on God. But there is the lust of the flesh. Come on. The lust of the eyes. And the pride of life. There, there's three plagues that's going to kill me in the last days. When, it, when, when, when revelation is fulfilled and tribulation takes place, three things. Fire, smoke, brimstone. Those three plagues, and those three plagues are going to kill me. And I'm watching that, and I say, there's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. Fire, smoke, brimstone. They take it away from us the message of the cross and we are have become preoccupied and we are not preaching the kingdom of God in effect where we can fill these chairs up in this church you didn't get that because when everything has happened and Christ becomes supreme then there will be a deep desire, something that is old, that will become new to us. And that is to see the lost one to the kingdom of God. That will be seeing the baptism of God's Holy Spirit being poured out as never before. And through the ages, from the Ephesus church to the Laodicean church, we've lost it. And we preach things that cater to the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. And listen to what it does. It deceives us and allows us to think that we are right with God. But if that be the case, then how come seats are empty? If that be the case, then how come we don't see God healing like God wants to heal? If that be the case, then how come the addict is not being delivered the way he needs to be to serve God? How come? If we don't believe in the resurrection, how do we understand the power of the living God? God will bring something old. But to us it is going to be a new thing. And what it is will be Christ and people receiving Christ as their personal Savior. And God baptizing that church with His Holy Spirit. And them walking in a newness of life that they have never walked in before. It's an amazing thing. And he says this, he says, be not deceived. Deception. He says these are not of the Father. What is not of the Father? The lust of the eyes. The lust of the flesh and the pride of life. They are not. Listen to this. The deception in the last days. There'll be a political deception. And that political deception is found in Revelation chapter 3, starting with verse 11. And he said, And I saw a beast coming up out of the earth. And when he sees the beast coming up out of the earth, that is the political agenda that's in the world today. It's not the political correctness that's in the United States, it's the political correctness. That is in the world today. Jesus Christ was not politically correct. He was mean-spirited. When he goes to the temple, he sees the money changers in there. And they are selling blemished sacrifices. And Jesus runs the, 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 the robbers, as he called them, selling the blemished sacrifice. 
He runs them out of the temple. Listen, we ministers are selling a blemish sacrifice. And the blemish sacrifice is that we have eliminated Jesus Christ and Him crucified. John and I was talking the other day. And here's what he said. He said, we have eliminated hell out of the messages that we preach. Listen to me. We have eliminated a lot of things out of our messages. But when this last day, revival comes to the Laodicean church, listen to me, what will happen? An old thing will become brand new to us. Pay attention. Jesus said, you don't take new wine and pour it in an old wine skin. Did he not say that? So what do you do? You take new wine and pour it into a new wine skin. Now those new wine skins were old wine skins. That they took the wine skin and they rubbed it down and they put oil in it and they did everything to this wine skin until this wine skin became brand new. How many of you got it? Listen to what God's doing. He is taking us who are old wine skins. And he is refurbishing us and he is pouring in his oil, the Holy Spirit, in order to refurbish us so that we can receive the new wine that he is about ready to pour inside of us. Listen to me. Here is the new wine that he is about it is ready to pour. It's the old wine that Joel spoke about. It's the old wine that was poured out in Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 19. Go through the whole thing. It is the new wine that God is pouring in, but it's an old thing. And how come it's an old thing? Because Joel prophesied it. Joel said this day would come. And what we have done, we started out as, as a church that was an apostolic church. And we eventually just took so much out of God's word that we became a, a Laodicean church. But God said, if you'll return back as I knock on the door, you open it up. I will come in and sup with you. Listen to what he said. I will bring back to you revival that will fill the earth. That's what he said. Now, boy, I got y'all quiet today. That's good. Because it might be that you're listening. There is a political beast. And according to Revelation chapter 3, I saw a beast coming out of the earth. The earth is political. Okay? He says this. And in verse 14, this is what he says. And he deceives those who dwell on earth. And he deceives those who dwell on earth. There's another beast coming up out of the sea. And the one coming out about out of the sea, that is a religious deception. So we have a political deception and we have a religious deception. And this, this, this beast is going to take an image that's made to the Antichrist. And what he's going to do, he's going to put power in that thing, throw it so that it speaks. And people are so hungry to see the supernatural that he will call fire down from heaven and they'll fall right in line. People are hungry for the supernatural. Listen to me. You can't listen to me preach and not get hungry for the supernatural. If you listen to me preach and you don't get hungry for the supernatural, you'll find another place. How many of you know that? Listen to me. People are hungry for the supernatural. Get our focus back on winning souls to the Lord. And that we get our focus back on that there is a baptism after we get saved that God will bring down to us that will change us from the old into the new and give us power that the supernatural work of God will come through the Holy Spirit and not a form of godliness. Amen. Be a witness on that. Paul says to Timothy, he said, now listen, he says, they'll have a form of godliness, but they'll deny the power thereof. He did. He said, don't have nothing to do with it. Now, listen, let me tell you a form of godliness. A form of godliness is when you take out the fivefold ministry. That's the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, teacher. A form of godliness is when you take out the gifts of the Spirit, which is those, those gifts is tongues, interpretation of tongues, prophecy, wisdom. And you just go right down through those. 
And they're there. Gifts of miracles. A gift of miracle. Gifts of healing. And all of those things which the Holy Spirit gives the church to empower the church. And when you take that out of the Bible, when you take the five-fold ministry out of the Bible, and you start taking everything out of the Bible, then what's happened in our churches, especially in America, we have come up with the form of God. And the Lord says, shun that thing. Stay away from it. Because in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 13, verse 8, he said, Jesus Christ is still the same. Yesterday, that is the, uh, uh, the, the apostolic church. He said, Jesus Christ is still the same yesterday. The apostolic church, and today, the Laodicean church, and even tomorrow. And what is tomorrow? When he does away with the church that has a form of God. Listen to me. There will be deception like you've never seen before. And it's already started to take place. And it's taking place in the political arena. And it's taking place in the spiritual arena. You know, listen to me. Joe Biden will be a puppet president. How many of you understand that? He will be a puppet president. And what is a puppet president? A puppet is one who has no control over himself. Somebody else has control. He will be a puppet president. And then the church will be a puppet church. And the political system will be a, a puppet political system. How many of you are getting this thing? But there will come out of this whole mess a true church of God who will stand on his word and step back and allow God to be God and watch the power of God and see what he does. Listen to me. If you've got fear that's not of God, here's what you need to do. Just step back. Here it is, Lord. You take it. There are coming day when Israel will not have an ally. Not even the United States. There'll come a day when the church is taken out of here. And when the church is taken out of here, Israel will not have an ally. Because the only true ally that Israel has right now is the true church of the living God that prays for her. And, and the, the Israelis do not understand that we love them because we came from them and we pray for them. They don't understand that. Uh, Yahoo said to Haiti, he said, why do these Christians write me letters and, and tell me that they love me? And he and Hagee, uh, Pastor John Hagee said, because we do love you because we came out of you. And so when God takes this church out of here in the rapture, everybody with me? When God takes this church out of here in the rapture, then Israel itself will not have no allies. And with, when, when the angel of the Lord drives up the Euphrates, then the Chinese are going to come right down into Israel. The, the, the Assyrians, which is the, the uh, uh, Assyria, the kingdom to the north, will invade Israel. The Chinese will invade Israel. There will be a, a 200 million man army that will come. And listen to what they will do. They will surround Israel and they will think that they have this thing. And God, by his mighty arm, will deliver Israel. How many of you understand God, by his mighty arm, will deliver Israel. Listen to me. God, by his mighty arm, will deliver the church of God today, if only you can believe. God still saves. Christ still saves. He still heals. He still delivers. And he'll resurrect you in the last day, if not in this day. You need to understand something. If you're hooked on pornography, God can deliver you. It's a secret sin of men. How many of you know that? And they're ashamed to even talk about it. Listen, God will deliver. How many of you understand that? If there's a disease that's got hold of you and it seems to be taking your life and your power, God can heal you. God is not afraid of cancer. God is not afraid of, of, of dementia. Listen, if you think that dementia or Alzheimer's has taken a hold of your mind, get your hand ready with God and lay it to your head and say, in the name of Jesus, I claim my mind for the Lord Jesus Christ. And God can do things. I just lay my hand on my chest and start to hurt. And I say, Jesus, heal me now. Yeah, he does. Listen, power in the church is available if you believe. If you believe. Deception. Let me get back on that. 
because I'm going to preach a long time today, and I know some of you are ready to read that playoff. I know that playoff still has a little more power than me right now. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. Hey, how many of you see that? God is not mocked. I'm going to give you two arenas, and there were three Hebrew children, and, and Nebuchadnezzar says to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he's standing before them, and he's mad. He's angry because here's these 17-year-old boys that won't bow down. And Nebuchadnezzar said, you will bow down. This political system. And those three boys said, uh-huh. And Nebuchadnezzar said, there's not a God that can deliver you out of my And them three young men looked at him. I don't know which one was speaking. They might all have been speaking at the same time. But they said, okay, we are not careful to answer you on this matter. Our God's more than able to deliver us. But whether he does or whether he does not, we're <coughs> down, down to your political machine. And you do with us what you want to do. Okay, we're not going to bow down to your form of godliness. You do what you've got to do because God is able to deliver us. And he threw them boys in there. And they were bound head to toe. Read the Bible. They were bound. They just didn't have this. They were bound head to toe. They were bound where they could walk. And they throw them into the fire. But what they didn't know was on that connection through them right into the heart of the Holy Spirit. You got a hold of that? And the Holy Spirit to the world will consume the world. But the Holy Spirit to the man of God will set him free. Somebody say amen. Amen. And there's him boys. You see that and, and, and Nebuchadnezzar looks down in there. And these boys are walking around. I'm from bed dancing. They're, they're right in the presence of the master. They're right. He said, did we not cast three into there? He said, no, I see four. Amen. He said, I, I see one walking in the presence of those guys. He's like unto a son of God. He was the son of God. Yeah. And them boys have been thrown right into the middle of the Holy Spirit. And Nebuchadnezzar was thrown right into the mess of his political scheme that he had been in. Now understand what happens. Then Nebuchadnezzar relies on God. Now listen, don't be afraid that God might be ready to throw you right in the middle of his Holy Spirit. Because listen, the deceiver wants you to think that you have reason to be afraid. You have no reason to be afraid. If God is for you, there's none who can stand against you. God is about to take something that's old and make it new. Now listen to this. So he says, God is not mocked. God is not mocked in Revelation chapter 3. I mean chapter 6 and verse 3. The stars fell from heaven. There, there's a war. I mean there's a dragon, that old dragon, the devil. And, and he, he, the stars fall from heaven. And the Bible says that these stars fall like the fig tree when, when it's ripe and the wind comes along and all the, the figs, that the, they start to drop and, and these stars. Let me tell you something. Stars are angels and demons. And there's going to be angels. There's going to be demons released like we've never seen before in that day. Understand that? Do you know that God is greater than that? And God says, let it happen. I want it to happen. And, and, and why do you want it to happen? Because I'm going to use it for my own purpose. Right? And, and so then you, you have this harlot. And, and John gets to see this woman. And she must have been a beautiful woman. Because, man, he, he, he goes, whoa! Because, man, you know how they are. Of course, none of you know. But he, and, and the angel says, why are you like that? He said, I'm going to show you what this woman represents. How many of you see that? 
And then when he goes to tell, tell John what this woman represents, because this woman looks good, and the church is going to look good, but it's going to be full of demons. Full of demons. And follow them anywhere they go. Now, you can be spared that. Because I know that you don't want to be there. Raise your hands if you want to go through that. Okay, no hands. See, understand something. It's going to be a day. But according to the way I read this word, God's going to take us out of here. When's he going to take us out of here? He's going to take us out of here because he's going to take something old and make it new. And in the last day before the coming of the Lord, there's going to be the greatest revival that has ever been poured out on the earth. Right? And, and I'm looking and I'm saying, oh God. And you know what? That great revival might not be poured out on me in my age, but it is in kids. And if that's the case, then our kids, listen to me, are in good hands. Now, John back there, his son, has a 4.5 something grade average. That's pretty good. Right? Hey, that's not bad. Yeah. And guess what he's decided he's going to do? He's going to go to a Bible college. You don't think that's not powerful? So you take all these kids and you start training and say, hey, look to Jesus, go to Bible college, and start to do something. And God is going to pour out his spirit. Because this is what he said he's going to do. He said, I'm going to pour my spirit out on your sons and daughters. When he said, now listen, when he said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on your sons and daughters. Here's what he's saying. Never be afraid because my spirit will always be poured out on the generations that are there. How many of you got that? My, my spirit will be poured out on the generations that are there. I am telling you, we are on the apex right now of the greatest revival that we've ever seen. I am going to bring this to an end. God is not mocked. Listen, the Bible says that God is going to roll back the heavens. He's going to roll back the sky as, as a scroll. And men are going to look right into heaven. And when they look right into heaven, they're going to be able to see the Father sitting on the floor. They're going to see all the works, and the Bible says they'll still mock him. Yeah. How many of you know a man will become to the place where he is going to mock? And here's what it says. God's going to take care of the rich man. He's going to take care of the commanders. He's going to take care of the mighty men, the, the slave and the free. Men will run. They'll hide themselves, and they'll say to the rocks and the mountains, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne. That's what it said. It said the men are going to look, and when they see God and the wrath of the Lamb, they're going to look for a place to run and hide. You don't think that we serve a great God? Let me tell you something. He is so great that when he shows his faith, the Bible says that the mountains fly away and the islands move out of their place because of this great God that is taking place, and he's going to cover the whole earth. And guess what we get to call him? We take him, God, and we call him Father. And when we call him Father, he's brought us right into his kingdom. Who is our Father? The one that when evil men look at him, they say, let the mountains and, and, and the caves, let the mountains fall on us. You know why the mountain's not going to fall on him? Because when the mountain sees him, the mountain runs. Everything. Nothing can stand in the face of God. How many of you understand that? But there's one who will stand in the, in the face of God. And that is his church. That is his bride for his son. We will stand when everything else is shaken. The Bible says I'll shake everything that's shakable in heaven. I'll shake everything that's shakable on earth. He said I'm going to shake it all. But he that is grounded in the Lord will stand for eternity. Somebody say amen. Said, be not deceived, God's not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. Have a form of God in this show reap it. Don't believe in this Bible. Don't believe it. But you'll pay for it. Every man who has said, God omitted, and it doesn't exist today, the gifts. Every preacher that preaches that will stand before God for his congregation. Listen, every preacher that says the fivefold ministry, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, don't exist today, will stand before God. Everyone will. 
Everyone who has a form of godliness in their churches will stand before God. Because, listen, God will make the minister stand before him. He calls his ministers. He said, they are my messengers. They are my angels. They are my flames of fire. Listen to me. The, when I speak to you, it has to be a word of fire that comes out to consume you, to bring you into the love of God. Somebody say amen. The Bible says when those two witnesses come and they speak, it says that their mouth will be like fire that will come out. God said, I am going to give them power. Jesus said, I'm going to give them power to shut up the earth. He said, I'm going to give them power to bring as many plagues on the earth as they want to, anytime that they want to. He said, if you try to kill him, he said, whatever, in, in any way you try to kill him, you're going to die that way. He said, then all of a sudden, this beast, I'm going to give him power. He's going to take overtake my two witnesses. And when he overtakes my two witnesses, he's going to kill him. And said they're going to lie dead in the streets. And people are going to be so happy. The Bible says they're going to give gifts to each other. They're going to buy gifts. And they're going to give to each other. And they're going to be so full of rage. And they're going to be so full of hate. That they will not even allow those two bodies to be buried. And so then the Bible says. And three and a half days. Jesus Christ. Three days. And three and a half days. All of a sudden before the world. Them two witnesses are going to stand up. And when they stand up, God's going to say, come up here. And when, when he says, come up here, listen, there is a great tribulation going to take, like, take place like no man knows. Here's what I'm saying. If you will not allow yourself to be deceived, if you will trust the Lord, God is going to say to the church, Come up here. I will deliver you from this hour of trial that is coming upon the earth. Somebody say amen. amen. Who is that? Those who have not been deceived. Those who will not allow themselves to be seen. And those who have not mocked God but have trusted him and allowed him to walk before them. Listen to what he's going to say. He's going to say, come up here. When they come up here. Something's going to take place. Because listen to what he said. He said, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. You got security in the flesh and not God, you're going to reap that. You're going to reap that. And we'll go back to the first. The pride of life, is in, if it's in your heart, you're going to reap that. The lust of the flesh, you're going to reap that. The lust of the eyes, you're going to reap that. Then how do you take care of that? You say, God, my eyes are your eyes. Let me see what you see. My flesh is yours, Lord God. Let me only trust in you. The lust of the flesh, the pride of life. And then when we get to the pride of life, the Bible says, they overcome. Listen to what it says. And they overcome by the blood of the Lamb. The word of their testimony. And they did not love life. The power of their testimony. And they did not love life unto death. When Jesus Christ becomes all and in all, everything changes. I'm going to let's stand before I preach another message. I'm not even doing this before. Yeah, hey, here, here's my deal. Here's my deal. I want you to hear this. That God is going to bring something over. But it's going to be new to us. And what is that old thing? Once again, he's going to allow his glory to fill this earth. Because I am believing in this day, this Laodicean age, that we're going to repent and turn to God. I love this church. I do. I love all of you. I pray every night for all of you. I don't call you all by name, but I call you out. Some of at times if the Holy Spirit allows me, I'll call you by name. But if I don't, I still pray for the church, this church. I do pray for the church of God, but I pray for this church. And why? Because I love you. And I want you to let God lead you. Because God is, is, is doing something in some of us. And what's he doing? He's saying this. He's saying, listen, would you repent? 
would you let this baptism of God's Holy Spirit fill you up? Would you do that? There was a message given in tongues today. And some of you had the interpretation. But you didn't give it. And you didn't give it because you're afraid you'll give the wrong answer. I don't want to be in my flesh. When you don't give it, you're in your flesh. So what if I make a mistake? Well, you made a mistake. Well, what's going to happen? Probably nothing. Because God, it, do you think he's a better father than you? Did you kill your kid just because they fell down when they're trying to walk? Or smack your kid around just because they made a mistake? There's gifts that God wants to put in you. It's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. There's some of you, he wants to give you the gift of tongues. And he wants to give some of you the gift of interpretation. He wants to give some of you the gift of knowledge. Some of you the gift of wisdom. Some of you, he wants to give you the gifts of healing. Some of you, he wants to give the, the, the gift of miracles. I thought healing and miracles were the same. No, no, a miracle spontaneous right now, God move. And then he also says this, some of you, he wants to give the gift of faith. We all have faith, but some just really, really just jump into faith. When you got, you want to say something? today there are. They're very real. I'm one of them. I am. God sends me and he lets me establish. I'm not bragging, I'm just telling you. I'll be like Paul the Apostle. Paul said I'm the least of the apostles. Paul said I'm the biggest sinner among you. But he recognized his office. Some of you are prophets and you need to speak today. That God is saying, I'm, I'm, I'm unbridling the prophets. And you think the prophets have got to have a long beard down to here in a robe and he stands there and exhorts all this. No, no, the prophet is just the one who forewarns and gives us the message of the Lord. The prophet's the one that will stand up and say, listen, you got to repent. Because the kingdom of God some of you are evangelists that God says, I want to use you and just send you out through the world. And some of you are pastors that you just love the body of Christ like you never love anything at all. There's a lot of you that are pastors out there. And then there's some that are teachers. I'm a teacher. And then there's sometimes when I just fill all the offices. And then you will too. That's what God wants. God wants to take the old, bring it back to where it's brand new. He wants to fill you up with faith. He wants you to be strong in the Lord and operate in the might of His power. The message that you will speak is not going to be the right political message for the political world. It's not going to be the right message for the church with the form of godliness. See, I always looked at the church as an antichrist type church, which it will be. But I, I always, did I turn on my mic? They didn't get done. They're good. I didn't turn that mic on. You got it on there? Okay. Wow. But hey, I always, I would, huh? I always, always looked at church, and I always looked at it as a form of godliness, but it's going to be a beast type, something that's just really extremely crazy, but it's not. It's going to take away the power of God, to remove the offices 
to remove the gifts, to remove all of those things where God operates in power. And we fall into that. Many ministers have fallen into that. We fall into that. But listen, if Hebrews 13.8 is correct, which I know it is, then Jesus Christ is still the same today as he was yesterday and he will be tomorrow. Mitch Woodson said if God could, he still can. If he would, he still will. And if he did, he still does. Let's raise our hands and worship the Lord. Now, now listen. Look into yourself and start to ask God, say, God, open me up and do this thing new in me that is old. That is old. Now listen to what it says. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And if he sows to corruption, of the flesh of corruption he will reap. But if he sows to the Spirit, of the Spirit he will reap eternal life. So what's the results? Listen to this. Paul says, then I say, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will not fulfill the lust of the eye. You will not fulfill the pride of life. God is not mocked. You will reap what you sow. You will. So here we go. Revelation 17.6. Now I'm going to let it go more. Okay. Then Paul ends with this. He who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. So that's God. You can make a commitment right now to the Lord. You can do it on bended knees. You can do it right where you stand or you can come to the altar and say, Lord, right now I'm committing myself for you to do in me a new thing which is old as time. You can say that right now inside of you. You can pray right now who you are and say, Lord, I know there is a gift for me because God is calling some of you out. Yes, you will still be able to build your tents, but God's calling out and he's going to use you in this last day to be his mouthpiece.